What does motion sound like? With Kizikans free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello everyone. Welcome to the 15th episode of the Armchair Cricket Podcast. This is a podcast focusing on test cricket by Armchair Critics of the Game. We are recording this episode uh, minutes before what would have been the first day of the New Zealand-Bangladesh test match to be played at Christchurch. Um, uh, Unfortunately, we've learned that due to tragic events that took place at Christchurch, uh, the test match and hence the series will not go on. Um, our thoughts and prayers are with all the people who have been affected by this tragedy. We've um, uh, we've also seen that there is an increase in the number of downloads and also in the number of followers for our podcast. So I would like to take uh, this uh, moment to thank you. Thank you all our listeners for your continued support. This is really wonderful. Um, please do not forget to subscribe to our podcast. Uh, on whichever platform you're listening to us on. You know how to find us. Uh, Just look for Armchair Cricket Podcast on uh, a platform like uh, Podbean or Apple Podcast or Spotify, uh, whichever is applicable for you. Um, And when you listen to a podcast, do not forget to leave us a rating, preferably a five-star rating. uh, And also do not forget to leave your uh, feedback in the comment section. Um, If you are a cricketing fanatic, and you really love the game, you know, and you're interested in uh, taking part in one of our episodes, uh, you can write to us uh, to our email address. It's armchair.cricket at gmail.com. Uh, you can fo- also follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at armchaircrickpod. Uh, we're also on Facebook. Uh, so you can find the, all these links in the description below. Um, also on Twitter, we are normally online during uh, an ongoing match. Uh, you can also join us there for a banter, you know, and have some fun with us. Um, now, having said that, it is time for me to welcome my co-host, Ajit. Hello, Ajit. How are you doing? Hello, Giddy. Good evening. I'm doing good. Uh, well, it's been a 
eventful short turnaround period for me mm-hmm. pretty busy at work how are you doing yeah busy start of to the week i would say and also to the end um so it's been, so but there's also not a lot of test cricket going on there's only a couple of test matches i think the one which started uh, uh today um mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. we'll we'll get into that in a bit uh, indeed but, so uh yeah uh, before we get on with the you know the events of the week so to say let's first look at the trivia question from the last week so the trivia question from the last week was which famous event connects the first hat trick in a cricket world cup 50 over world cup with the first player who has played in six cricket world cups so before i go to get to the answer to this question i would like to mention some of our regulars yashwant who is a friend of both of us and uh, he constantly responds to our questions and uh, you know quizzes uh, he came up with the right answer uh, another of our regulars ds pati mentioned this answer as well so indeed the most famous event that connects this specific question is that it involves two people the first person is the is a bowler who took the first hat trick in a cricket world cup and the person who has played in six world cups is a batter so the bowler is chetan sharma and the batsman is javed miandad so javed miandad is the cricketer who has represented his country in six cricket world cups he is the first in fact but tendulkar is also had this uh, honor so as we can know you know as both uh, fans from both sides of the border and both countries cannot forget it is that immortal six of the last ball to win the australasia cup mm-hmm. so let me paint a small picture here you know this was the final of the australasia cup april 18th 1986 at sharja india were facing pakistan it was a friday so it was a jam packed house as you can imagine mm-hmm. so batting first India were able to score only 245 for 7 after being very conveniently placed at 213 for 6 or rather 216 for 3 at the with a lot of overs to spare sort of the middle and the lower middle order of India fell away and thanks to Imran Khan and Wasim Akram India could only make 245 for 7 chasing this number Pakistan did not make a very positive start and Mohsin Khan opening made 36 and Javed Miandad who came in at 4 kept batting but he did not find many partners salim malik made 21 abdul qadir who was promoted as a pinch hitter in air quotes made 34 right and imran khan who followed him manzoor ilahi nobody really supported wasim akram mm-hmm. then with the last man to keep him company javed miandad who is 110 not out at this stage takes strike to chetan sharma who before this ball has bowled 8.5 overs for 45 runs and is probably at the peak of his cricketing powers this is a short man mind you but he bowls very sharpish sharpish medium fast bowling and uh, on his on his day he can get up to 145 they said mm-hmm. and this guy you know we everybody knows what he's going to bowl he's going to bowl this yorker it's almost like a predetermined plan mm-hmm. then it takes this man javed miandad who's on strike he's the only man in the ground technically who believes he can win this match pakistan require only four runs to win sure but you know this is in 1986 when scoring at five over was not easy and he's brought his team so far he doesn't want to go away without a trophy you know so this guy takes strike in comes chetan sharma he winds up and delivers a ball which would be a yorker what does miandad do he sort of knows this beforehand he's done a fantastic job of already anticipating what chetan sharma does he's a few yards down the wicket so what would be a yorker is now a full toss and this guy with his 
presence of mind and with his confidence simply plants this ball all the way back at square leg and Pakistan win the Australasia Cup off the last ball and mm. this this moment will stay in the uh, minds of all so you know so subcontinent fans especially the Indian and Pakistani fans and this is the event that we are capturing with this question so the first man to take a cricket world cup hat trick was Chetan Sharma this was uh, against New Zealand yeah. in uh, 1987 world cup this match was uh, October 31st 1987 and India needed to win this match comfortably and convincingly so no matter what the target set by New Zealand, considering New Zealand batted first, India had to chase it down in a certain number of overs. So mm-hmm. in that match, New Zealand batted first and they made 221 for nine. So based on that, in order to not only secure a semi-final, but a home semi-final and avoid traveling to Pakistan to play Pakistan in Pakistan, India needed to win this match with 42.2 overs or under 42.2 overs. So when that happened, mm-hmm. India were able to chase the match or win the match comfortably. But before that happened, the person who was responsible for keeping New Zealand down to 221 was a certain Chetan Sharma. The mm-hmm. same Chetan Sharma who considered a six to Javan Mianthad in the previous story mm-hmm. is a hero in the story because he took a hat-trick. He took a hat-trick of three bowls, the yeah. first of its kind in world cricket and the first in a 50-hour World Cup. He dismissed Ken Rutherford, uh, Ian Smith and even Chatfield, all bowled. Right? Mm. And with aid of this hat-trick, India were able to keep uh, uh, New Zealand down to 221. And then when they came out to bat, Chris Srikanth and Sunil Gavaskar started in a very explosive fashion. So, mm. you know, they were determined to make sure they were they would get this target well within the 42nd over mark. But something completely unexpected happened here. Sunil Gavaskar, who in more than 100 ODIs of trying had never gotten a one-day 100, decided he wanted to be there at the end, but not just be there, but do it in style. So he took just 85 balls for his fastest 100 and his only 100. He hit three sixers and 10 fours and quickly won the match for India. By doing that, India wrapped up the match in 32.1 overs. They scored 224 for one, chasing 221, and thereby secured a, you know, a semi-final in Mumbai. Unfortunately, it was going to be anticlimactic for Sunil Gavaskar because his last one there would be the semi-final of that World Cup where Graham Gooch would sweep India to complete boredom but mm. ensure winning the match for England and the rest is history as the same. Yeah, and also his last match in his home ground, right? Of course. Um, yes. Yeah. Indeed. He he could not he could not mm. win the match for India on his last match. But it was the same for Gavaskar when he played played his last test against Pakistan in Bangalore. So that's a different story. Let's not go there. But just some small thoughts and some small memories from mm. the cricketing history for us to no? And, and one more thing, one more thing. Miandad's last match was also a forgettable one for him. Yes, of course. For the final against Pakistan, uh, sorry, India, Indeed. in Bangalore, 1996. Uh, uh, he he made 38 runs and got out. Uh, couldn't see uh, Pakistan home on that occasion. So, yeah, two great heroes, I would say. Indeed. Both, both their teams. Indeed. <clears throat> now, I was just reading this article by Rajdeep Sathesai in Cricket Monthly. It is from 2015. But he sort of recollects how he reacted when Javed Mandar hit that six and how the rest of his friends with whom he was sitting and watching it reacted. Mm-hmm. So it's a very interesting article. I would like to recommend it to anybody who would like to you know, get into this, this passion of what happened on that day. Mm-hmm. So moving forward, now let's quickly take a look at the only ongoing test, considering that the New Zealand-Bangladesh uh, test has been cancelled. This is the only test. 
So this is Afghanistan versus Ireland. This is the test that started on 15th of March, that is earlier today. And it, it was happening in Dehradun, the, you know, the home away from home for Afghanistan. So in this test match, this was the first day, Ireland uh, having won the toss decided to bat. But somehow, uh, not a lot of it went to plan as far as Afghanistan, uh, as far as Ireland was concerned, because having chosen to bat, they were sort of in trouble. So they were really struggling and they could not get together any partnerships of any note. Uh, Paul Sterling and, you know, Porterfield made a very good start at 37 for one under nine overs. They looked comfortable, but then wickets kept tumbling. So the spin uh, twins of Afghanistan, Mohammad Nabi and... Uh, Rashid Khan had a very important part with this innings, and so did a newbie, Wakar Salam Khail. He's a new uh, bowler as far as uh, Afghanistan is concerned. He made his debut along with Ikram Khan Khail and Isanullah in this match. We'll come to Isanullah later. But uh, with these spin twins and also then the trio of bowling, they completely spun a web around Ireland. Ireland had no way to get out. They were finding no way to score, uh, score any runs. So they slumped to 85 for nine on the first morning of a test match, just after lunch. So they were in real trouble. But, um, you know, Josh Dockerell, who's come a long way with his batting, held one end up, and number 11, Tim Murter, who of Middlesex and uh, Ireland fame, took the long handle. And together, they added uh, comfortable, you know, uh, 97 runs. And then took Afghanistan, uh, took Ireland from 85 for 9 to 172. 172, just on the brink of T, and they were all out for 172. Uh, this meant Afghanistan had a whole session to bat out. So uh, one other bowler I would like to credit is Yami Nahmad Zai, who is a fast bowler from Afghanistan. And he this is a test match specialist of, uh, along with Wafadar. If you remember, Wafadar also played Afghanistan's first test. So these two guys did really well. And then overall, it was a consummate bowling performance from Afghanistan. And later, they completely uh, made a good job of batting they had a whole session to bat out but you know Mohammad Shahzad and Isanullah started as if they were literally blocking to save a test match that's how they looked like it was like a fourth afternoon they will so they took their time Isanullah made a very painstaking looking 34 ball seven but it was a very important innings because this team is full of hitters this Afghanistan team and they both made sure by batting out you know 12 and a half overs for with not a lot of runs scored they made sure that Afghanistan were comfortable. But Ahmad Shahzad started picking up the rate. He became his usual self the moment Isanullah left. And in the company of Rahmat Shah, he made sure Afghanistan progressed comfortably to 68, at point at which point he was dismissed for 40. So Rahmat Shah kept uh, Hashmatullah Shahidi company at the end of the day. And at the end of the first day, uh, Afghanistan are just 82 runs behind. And they look well poised to sort of take control of this test. So these are the events of the first day of Ireland versus Afghanistan. Uh, Giri, would you like to add something? Um, yeah, it's, it's uh, the first test match between those, these two teams, right? So Ireland and Afghanistan playing against each other for the first time. Uh-huh. Uh, and at Afghanistan's adopted home ground, Dehradun. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, it, 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 it looks like an interesting game already. Um, the first things was a low-scoring one for Ireland and... Um, Afghanistan are fighting back. They're, they're holding strong, actually, at 94-2, like you said. Um, the next four days, I don't know if there will be four days. It will be played for the next four days or not. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting. Uh, let's see. Afghanistan still have to show their batting prowess. Uh, they have uh, the str- str- stronger middle order, I would say. 
mm-hmm. uh, with some uh, rare guard action possible from the lower order uh, batsman or lower all-rounder. I think Rashid Khan is now an all-rounder. We can probably call him an all-rounder. Yes. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, um, I don't want to... Uh, make a prediction but i have a strong inclination towards afghanistan at this moment taking this mm-hmm. away could well be their first test victory might well be but yes. one thing's for sure i think they have learned from the defeat uh, mm-hmm. against england england uh, sorry uh, against india in bangalore mm-hmm. uh, last year uh, where i think they didn't even manage to enter the third day if i'm not wrong yes um, so they have learned their lessons hard and uh, Making a strong statement here in on the world in the world scene. Um, look forward to this. How it shapes up in the next two three days. Indeed. Well, uh, as I read on Quick Info, you know, one of these two teams stands a good chance of you know becoming the fastest team since Australia to gain a Test match victory. You know, mm-hmm. maybe in their very second Test match they have a chance here. Both mm-hmm. uh, Afghanistan yeah. and Ireland lost their first tests, but in contrasting fashions. We talked about it in the previous episode. Mm-hmm. But I would say they they both you know have a decent chance. Uh, Ireland had a very very strong second uh, innings in their very first test, right? If you remember, so I would not write them off yet. But at this point in time, it really looks like Afghanistan hold the upper hand. But mm-hmm. the very first session of uh, tomorrow's morning's play, I think second day's play will be really crucial. So if Afghanistan can again consolidate a bit and get to maybe 150 for the loss of even four wickets at the end of the first session on the second day, they hold all the cards. But on the other hand, if Ireland can get consecutive or continuous Mm -hmm. breakthroughs, they have a chance. So uh, all in all, it's going to be a riveting test match. And uh, I would recommend, you know, I was listening to Guerrilla Cricket this morning. So I would recommend uh, any of our, uh, you know, listeners to also tune into Guerrilla Cricket and listen to this very interesting test match and to listen to Guerrilla Cricket in general. Mm All right. So, uh, get anything to add or shall we move on to the next set uh, of... Let's move uh, on to the next one, I think. Go for it. Go for it. So, the next topic we would like to cover in this episode is uh, the final one-day international match played between India and Australia uh-huh. at Ferusha Kotla, Delhi. Uh-huh. Um, this, the series was evenly poised at 2-all before uh, they began this match. Australia won the toss and decided to uh, bat first on um, on an inconsistent pitch it was not an easy pitch to bat on like it was at mohali for example um so this was not a true uh, true paced pitch so there was a bit of um, slowness in the pitch if you hit the deck hard mm-hmm. australia got off to a very good start yet again um, and um, also some good contributions in the middle order like uh, peter hanscom uh, at one point, they were looking like it was looking like they were going to score a lot of runs, close to even 300 or even just beyond 300 runs. But India did well to, uh, you know, um, bowl well uh, during the boring middle overs as well as towards the tail, um, and restricted Australia. I have to say, restricted Australia mm-hmm. to 272 for nine. It could have been much less. I think India probably leaked to 20 runs more than they should have. But yeah. credit to uh, the tail, uh, especially Pat Cummins and Joy Richardson, who uh, you know played little cameos to take them that far. The standout performance for Australia in this uh, in this case was Peter Hanscom with a 50, uh, who who had a very um, uh, effective partnership, uh, batting with uh, Usman Khawaja, who mm-hmm. I think is in the form of his life, especially when it comes to one-day cricket. Somebody who was not even in the reckoning. 
last year, maybe 12 months ago, he was not even the reckoning in the ODI setup. He was just mm-hmm. considered a test player, and now we look at it. He's he scored his uh, third century, right, in this series. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. This this was his third century, as a matter of fact. Uh, he scored 100 of 106 deliveries. It was uh, he got out to a soft dismissal, but in the end, I think it was a challenging total to be, uh, you know, to to chase for India because, like I said, the pitch was not so consistent. India <clears throat> lost their opener Shikhar Dhawan um, pretty early. Not they didn't, they didn't go get off to a flying start uh, compared to Mohali. So this was uh, one of those occasions where the batting, the top order, was not uh, firing its all cylinders. Um, Rohit Sharma looked a bit uh, scratchy uh, in patches. He he played those good shots, but he he didn't look comfortable, and the mm-hmm. pitch was playing its part, so it looked a bit too paced. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, guys like Virat Kohli uh, also got out, um, you know, very early. They, they didn't make a lot of contributions, good contributions. They got off to starts, but never you know capitalized on those. Vijay Shankar looked a bit more fluent, but yeah, again. Uh, not, didn't work out um, until Kedar Jadav and Bhuvaneshwar Kumar, who is a bowling all-rounder, got together. Um, and uh, yeah, and I think both of them got 40s, 44 and 46. They took India closer to the total, but I think India never had a chance. Mm, uh, mm. So Australian bowlers really bowled well, especially their fast bowlers. Uh, Pat Cummins, again, a consistent performer. Uh, along with Joy Richardson, I think their one-day bowling setup is looking stronger uh, than ever, especially with uh, guys like Hazelwood and uh, Stark, uh, who are expected to make a comeback into the World Cup squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and w- with these two guys, I think they have a formidable uh, uh, fast bowling lineup. Um, and um, uh, and the spinners, Nathan Lyon and Adam Zampa. These two mm-hmm. guys also played their part, especially Adam Zampa. I think Adam Zampa has had a wonderful series. He has blow, bowled with a lot of courage. Mm-hmm. Uh, although he doesn't spin, a, uh, spin the ball a lot off the pitch, he does get a lot of drift in the air, and then he's been fooling batsmen like Virat Kohli. Mm-hmm. I think he, Virat Kohli got out more than uh, more than one occasion in this series. Um, and Virat Kohli kind of has a weakness towards these leg spinners. If you remember Adil Rashid, he also got out to Adil Rashid a few times uh, last year in England. Yes. Um, so Zampa bowled really well. And uh, so th- they both made a case, uh, these two spinners, Nathan Lyon, as well as Adam Zampa, mm-hmm. with Glenn Maxwell bowling his uh, part-time off-spin. So they, they, they're looking more balanced than they did at the beginning of the year when India, you know, pretty much outsmarted them uh, in in their home conditions, in Australian home conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, so they look a completely different side. Uh, they have the belief in their, uh, I think, in their uh, skills. They're they're now beginning to gel and form a team together, uh, with guys like uh, Steve Smith and David Warner expected to come back into this side at some point of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's not so easy for them to get, uh, you know, a playing position. I think they're guys like uh, Usman Khawaja, who's made a name for himself now in that opening position. So it's going to be really interesting. Uh, player of the match was again Usman Khawaja for his century. And also, uh, quite deservedly, uh, the player of the series in uh, in this match, uh, in this in this series. Uh, Australia take the series 3-2, uh, having already won the T20 uh, series, the two-match T20 series. They they won it 2-0. Mm-hmm. So it's a good takeaway for the Australian team, who now make uh, who now travel to uh, UAE, United Arab Emirates, Emirates, 
to play against Pakistan in a one-day series there as well, just before the World Cup. So, Australian team may just be beginning to peak at the right time. So, it's going to be interesting in the World Cup if they continue like this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, yes, indeed. So, if you were to just look at it from a statistical perspective, right? So, this is the first time in a whole decade that Australia have tried to win a bilateral series in India and they have succeeded. In the last three times they were in India, in each of those times they had lost the bilateral one-day series. But this time they have managed to win it, right? Apart from that, um, well, if I just look at the match itself, a lot of credit goes to the Indian slower bowlers, Dravindra Chadeja and uh, Kuldeep Yadav was a bit expensive at the end, but also to Shami and Bhuneshwar Kumar who made sure, you know, Australia who were at one point in time uh, having reached 178 for two within 34 overs, they had a good chance of completely go, you know, all the way up to you know, even 300. So a lot of, uh, you know, kudos to the Indian bowlers who make it, who made it possible that even Australia could be bowled out under 250. But then, of course, Jay Richardson and Cummins had other ideas. So they took Australia to a very competitive 272. This is one thing. So I think Jadeja's contribution of 2 for 45 in 10 hours sort of yeah. went unnoticed there, but he did a really good job. So did Bumra. Even though he did not get any wickets here, he still just bowled out uh, his 10 hours for uh, 39 runs. I think I remember at 5 over mark, he had less than 10 runs, like 5 over 9 runs or some such. No, he even had, I think, sorry, I, he, I think his figure stood at 8 overs and 14 runs with my no wickets. Okay. So in the last two overs, he got belted. Right. My God. What, what, a, what a really good spell there, right? Yeah. So having said that, I think when India started batting, they were a sort of odds-on favorite because this total was chaseable on that pitch. So then all the credit goes to, as you said already, Cummins, Richardson, and of course, Zampa, right? But I would like to give a special mention to Nathan Lyon, who, you know, sort of is growing in confidence every match. You can see him. So in, in, by the third or the fourth match he's playing in the series, he's, he got a one for 34 out of his 10 overs. So he was very crucial along with Zampa in making sure that their Indians could never build any momentum during the middle overs. Mm. Yeah, Rohit Sharma got off to start. So did Chikar Dhawan, but Dhawan or Kohli could not carry on. But then there was nobody in the middle, over, middle order of the India to sort of build that solid 50 or an 80 that would put this chase to sleep. So there again, the spinners came to the fore and I, I was reading in this article, right? It credits, uh, you know, from a 2-0 down to a 3-2 victory to Australia on basis of three people or three players. So it was Zampa, Kwaja and Cummins. So I totally agree with that article. It was on Greek Info. So it was a fantastic, fantastic performance from Australia. You know, when India visited Australia at home, they did not win Australia win. Uh, they did not let Australia win even a single series. I think Australia came back to India and uh, gave the host the same, uh, you know, medicine, so to say. Hmm. Right. And then, of course, you know, um, India have not lost uh, three ODIs in a row at home since 2009. So in a decade, this has not happened, but Australia made it happen. And of course, mm-hmm. um, Pat Cummins took 14 wickets the series and um, uh, Zampa took 11. And the most successful Indian bowler in the series was uh, Kuldeep Yadav with 10, which is not in itself a bad achievement, I would say. But a lot of kudos to the Australian bowlers because they were bowling in foreign conditions. And of course, Usman Khwaja, who did not have a single 100 before the series, now has two. And, uh, you know, his average is ballooned by more than, you know, 10 runs per innings. So that he's done really well here. So, and also he's made a solid case for himself, irrespective of who would come back, whether it's David Warner or anybody else who comes back to the squad, he's made a really solid case for himself to be selected for the World Cup. So I think he's done himself no 
harm at all his chances of playing in the world cup right because we always had a suspect suspicion about his technique in the asian conditions but i think uh, you know at the end uh, he was able to go true to his own roots and play well in asia right? I, i think this latest century was also a chanceless innings until he got out he exactly solid. he looked very solid yeah 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 i mean and it looked like indian bowlers had no clue how to control this guy he was going at run on run a ball almost right through his innings it yeah. was not there were no spurts there were no sudden splurges mm-hmm. he was just just in control right through that was a fantastic innings right yeah. Yeah. and of course a lot of uh, credit also you know to the australian top order because as i said by the time glen maxwell came and went they were already in a very strong position but they couldn't convert it so they could have sort of put this issue completely beyond india if they were got to 300 on that match all right then that was the sort of the decider between india and uh, australia and australia take the series 3-2 so congratulations to australia mm. now if you we were to move on uh, we can go to the next uh, odi series yeah. giri yeah let's do that uh, sri lanka and south africa the fourth one day international played at uh, port elizabeth this was business as usual for south africa so it is becoming such a tame series now the odi series uh, south africa well unfortunately for sri lanka were too strong on this occasion or sri lanka did not perform well enough you know to their potential like they have been in this odi series throughout their test putty, test performance was very good but in one day series um, they weren't good enough i'm afraid so they are already 4-0 um, with one more to play uh, quick summary of the scorecard mm-hmm. sri lanka made 189 all out um, you know thanks only to this guy uh, udana Mm-hmm. uh tailender who managed to score quick fire a 78 runs of 57 deliveries apart from mm-hmm. uh, uh apart from fernando uh, n- nobody really you know made a bigger score uh, so abishka fernando and rudana helped them reach that score mm-hmm. uh, south african fast bowling is getting strong even even i think they don't miss duan olivier right now to be honest they have uh, andre norkia mm-hmm. i hope i got that name right um who got three wickets for 57 runs in his eight overs and uh, Pahlo Wayo got two wickets for 21 runs in his five overs um so they restricted Sri Lanka to 189 runs um bowled out within 40 overs in fact so that was how bad Sri Lanka were or how good South Africa were mm-hmm. South Africa in return chased it down with uh, in under 33 overs um Faf got uh, Faf Duplessis made 43 of 38 Quinton de Kock made 51 from 57 deliveries uh, there was some you know uh, dananjay de silva with his uh, off spin got three wickets for 41 runs and kasun rajita got a wicket but yeah but it was in the end not enough for them to uh, you know uh, make any inroads into the south african batting lineup so south africa go 4-0 up um not a lot to play for in the last odi let's see if south africa so sri lanka can redeem themselves with uh, a win if they can it will mm-hmm. be good for them before the world cup i don't know if they play again in this uh, uh, in in the in the, the, the if they play any odi matches probably not mm-hmm. no, this mm-hmm. was their last series before the world cup i'm looking at Indeed. the future tour program um, so they don't have anything until the world cup so time to rest for them i guess after this series indeed so from a statistical perspective you know um sri lanka handed a debut to priyamal pereira who batted at number 5 uh, in this match and uh, he had uh, you know a quiet one one ball duck unfortunately he was dismissed caught by end of norkia so first of all giri before i go any further you got both the pronunciations of norkia and pelu huayo right 
you know uh, it's, you. <laughs> it's a joke but uh, they both are not easy names and you got them right so um looking at the sri lankan innings there were not a lot of contributions from the top seven really that's where they faltered very much so you know avishka fernando made a 29 and then you know kusal mendes made a 21 but neither could carry on but unfortunately a little bit of low order resistance 22 from dhananjay de silva i constantly feel he was batting very low in this entire you know tour but that's that's a discussion for another day because even you know kamindu mendes was promoted ahead of him kamindu mendes was good but uh, you know he has a 50 plus one day average or a less day average but uh, it looked like dhananjay de silva should have batted further up and of course uh, tisara pera couldn't do much and then isuru adana udana has shown a bit of all round qualities here showing that you know all his time in the t20 leagues made it uh, his uh, you know his improved on his batting of course for south africa for bowling as you said norke got a 3 4 and of course pelu huayo got a 2 4 and uh, Shamsi got a very quiet one for 34 of his whole 10 overs so he was very you know frugal that was a good thing and Dale Stein who made a comeback also took one wicket so all in all indeed south african bowling stocks look strong but when they when it was their time to bat south africa made a made it very easy and they got through so you know not belaboring the point uh, a big news has come out that uh, you know uh, JP Dumini who came back to South Africa colors in this match and sort of finish the match off for South Africa has said that he'll be retiring after the one day world cup this year and he's first uh, and only target currently is to make sure he plays in the world cup so yeah, he's he's been a special player at least uh, in very you know patchy phases as far as I'm concerned for South Africa and I think he's good but uh, at the end of the day if you look at it it looks like you know uh, it feels a bit of an unfinished career or an unfulfilled career this guy this guy had pure all round credentials he played some classic test match innings but he could do a bit more but you know unfortunately he's not been able to do a lot uh, he's not been able to fulfill his potential if i may be a bit blunt about it but you know good luck to dumini with the rest of his career and uh, i'm sure south africa will miss his services so well that was a quick wrap up of the fourth one day air between south africa and sri lanka and if i were to look through uh, you know uh, the remaining uh, sort of news from the outside of the cricketing world and outside of the world out there so uh, now in the other section so i would first like to discuss quickly shishant's life plan you know so uh, as we know shishant the fast bowler from india had been given a life plan by bcci for his uh, supposed activities or supposed collusion with some uh, match fixing people and mm-hmm. he had a life plan but now uh, this was in 2013 ipl but it looks like you know uh, he has challenged the decision in the supreme court of india the highest court in the land and this ban has been set aside uh, but he's 36 now kiri what do you say yeah i don't know if he has any cricketing career left him or cricketing uh... Uh, time left in him maybe to become an administrator this uh, lift of you know lifting of this life ban may help him but can he contribute to, to the domestic scene i don't know uh, i don't know what's left in him whether they will allow him to play they can probably but uh, i don't know if that's going to happen mm-hmm. um so it's 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 up for debate um you know we had a similar issue with uh, mohammad azuruddin whose life ban was also lifted Mm-hmm. but i think he was too old when it uh, when this happened and uh, he, i think he became an administrator he he, he got from some role elsewhere um 
I'm, I don't know what will happen with Shushan's career. Will he make a comeback or will he become a franchise cricketer or something like that? Could well be. I don't know. Yeah, uh, we'll have to see. I mean, 36 is a bit old if you're a fast mm-hmm. bowler, but let's see how it works out for him. But uh, all the best to him. So yeah, good luck to him. Indeed. Uh, let's see what happens with him. Mm. And yeah, even Jadeja had a similar opportunity, but also Jadeja was on the wrong side of 35, let's say. Yeah. Let's see how it goes. Mm. Okay, uh, the next point we have to discuss is uh, a quick look at the, the finishing stages of the PSL, Pakistan Super League, uh, 2019 edition, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we are at the final stage, Giri, and uh, Quetta Gladiators and Peshawar Zalmi have uh, qualified to play the finals of PSL mm-hmm. 2019. They'll be played on... Uh, the 17th of March, right, in the upcoming days. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's quickly look at how they got there just at the last two matches, of course. So in the first qualifier, Quetta Gladiators were able to beat Peshawar Zalmi thanks to a fantastic innings of 71 from Watson. And he was ably supported by Hassan Ali. And uh, in spite of, you know, the best efforts of Karen Pollard and the captain of uh, Peshawar Zalmi, Darren Sami, they were not able to chase this down and they lost by nine runs. So this meant, you know, uh, quite a gladiators comfortably qualified into the final. But Pekhavar uh, Zalmi got another chance and they played Islamabad United in the second eliminator. Mm-hmm. And in this match, they batted first and uh, along with some solid contributions from the top order, you know, Kamran Akmal made 74, Mamul Haq made 58, and Kiran Pollard was promoted to number 3 to keep the run rate going, made 37. And Darren Sami promoted himself to number 5 and hit a 15 ball 30 to make sure, you know, they got to 214 for 5, which was very, very tough to chase. You know, Islamabad did a good job. They tried hard with, uh, you know, Chadwick Walton hitting 48. Delport hitting a 28 at the top, and usually Luke Ronke, who would be very strong in such chases, chases were only was only able to make 17. So that meant even though Fahim Ashraf tied a lot at the end, they fell comfortably short. So this meant, you know, Peshawar Zalmi and Quetta uh, Gladiators will face off with each other in the final, just like mm-hmm. the you know the first qualifier. So all the best to both the teams, and may the best team win here. So. Mm-hmm. We'll follow this and maybe in the upcoming episodes, we'll also cover the final and the result of the final, right? Yeah. All right, then. Uh, we've mostly covered all the important positions, important topics. One small topic is that, well, there is still some trouble brewing with the Sri Lankan Cricket Board, you know. And uh, it looks like Sri Lankan Cricket Board is very unhappy with the results on this tour. In spite of good results in the tests, I think Chandika Hathurasinga's job, it's rumored, is in a bit of strife. SLCF uh, summoned him home at the end of the ODI series. The assistant coach, Steve Rickson, will take over the coaching job for the T20 series, right? Well, it'll it'll be a bit of a heated discussion, I'm sure, but, uh, you know, yeah. you had something to say? No, I think it'll be a bit of a tussle. Uh, who's, who's going to give, uh, you know, I mean, because I think he has a contract with them. The, the contract does not allow them to release him before uh, it expires. And th- there will be some kind of, complications and negotiations involved there um, but it would be destabilizing i would say for the team if he was uh, you know removed from the position who is going to replace him what will happen to the team mm-hmm. just before a world cup so it's 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 a lot of changes for the team i would say mm. indeed well let's see how it goes i don't i don't expect even the sri lankan board to make any such knee jerk uh, decisions but we'll see how it goes mm-hmm. in the long term i think sri lanka would do well to keep you know, keep going on with uh, Chandika Hathura Singh, especially this close to a big tournament. You're right there. Mm-hmm. 
all right then yeah uh, that was that and uh, well all that remains is a bit of you know uh, the wrap up the housekeeping so we have a trivia question for you guys for the next episode so the trivia question for this uh, episode we would like to ask you is who's the first south african cricketer to take a 50 over world cup hat trick well we may have spoken about this cricketer in this episode if you are listening mm. so if you listen carefully you can probably answer us quickly all right then so now please uh, do listen to us there's a lot of cricket coming up in the upcoming weeks and we'll be covering it closely and uh, we are looking forward to the close of the ireland versus afghanistan test and some other cricket we've already discussed so please do write in to us if you have any thoughts uh, at amche.cricket@gmail.com please do subscribe to our podcast on any platforms you listen to us on leave us a good rating we would really appreciate that and also when you subscribe it tells us that our fan base is growing and please talk to your friends who are also cricket enthusiasts about our podcast you are our real strength and anything and everything you do to help us make popular will be really encouraging for us right so we are also on facebook of course we have armchair cricket podcast page there we have we are on twitter at armchair cricket pod right so whenever there's a live match mostly uh, one of us is online we try to keep bantering with our friends especially from gorilla cricket right so please do join us there and uh, well that's that for this episode i would say so it's a goodbye from me and it's a goodbye from him thank you and bye 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 you're listening to the armchair cricket podcast